Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. Well good morning. You know, seeing as it's Mother's Day, I thought I'd share with you a couple of my favourite Mother's Day stories. Here's the first one. <clears throat> a teacher had given her year two class a lesson on magnets. She asked the class, my name starts with an M and I pick up things. What am I? And a little boy shot up his hands and said, a mother. That would be true in my house, that's for certain. Here's the second one. A little boy forgot his lines in church service. His mother was in the front row to prompt him. She gestured and formed the words silently with her lips, but it didn't help. Her son's memory went blank. Finally, she leaned forward and whispered the cue, I am the light of the world. The little boy's face lit up, and with great feeling and a loud, clear voice, he said, My mum's the light of the world. Well, that's how these mothers were summed up. And in our Bible story today, the mother here was summed up in four words. In verse 28, Jesus said to this mother, You have great faith. What a way to be summed up, eh? She was a Canaanite woman who came from the country north of Palestine, a country hostile to the Jews, and she had at least one child. But that's all we know about her. We don't even know her name. And in this single encounter with Jesus, he said to her, you have great faith. Jesus said this only to one other person in the whole of the Gospels. Only one other person, and that was the Roman centurion. He never said it to his disciples or anyone like that. It was to him, the Roman centurion, and this woman. Only four words, but they were enough to tell us everything we needed to know about her. In many ways, this is quite a difficult story because the actions of Jesus, or in this case, the inaction of Jesus, are so unexpected. We are used to understanding that God is love. We've been taught the miracle stories of Jesus. So when we read that someone came up to Christ and asked him for help, we just assume that he would give it. Therefore, when we read a story about someone asking for help and he doesn't do it right away, we wonder why. Maybe we even feel bad for the woman because we've, we've been in her shoes. We've prayed fervently for God to answer our prayers. And then the answers that we wanted didn't come or, or it didn't come in the timing that we wanted. And we wonder why. In these four words from Jesus, this mother received great praise though. So what did this woman do to deserve such great praise? Well, she did three remarkable things that we're just going to spend a moment looking at now. The first thing she did was that she crossed great barriers. Here was a mother who, in her need, was prepared to cross any obstacles to turn to Jesus for help. You know, faith requires that we make the effort to cross whatever barriers may stand in our way. The first barrier is a matter of setting and attitude. In this case, this involves Jesus. Look at verse 21. 
Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. The key word to understanding this is withdrew. This is something that Jesus did when he was tired and needed rest. You see, wherever he went in Israel, people were following him, and that human part of him just needed rest. Because he couldn't find rest in Israel, he withdrew to the Gentile regions. So if you're wanting a miracle from him, this was probably not the the best time to ask. But for this mother, this was the best time, and it was the only time to ask for it. So despite the seemingly inopportune moment, she took it. She also had to come across the fact, (coughs) overcome the fact that she was a woman and a Canaanite. It's not that Jesus was sexist or racist, but at times his culture was. There were certain lines that just weren't supposed to be crossed, and here she was crossing them. A woman was was not meant to make a request like this. And Jews and Gentiles just tended not to speak with each other or get along. But again, this seemed the best chance this woman had. She loved her daughter and so she went, despite the odds. And then perhaps we come to what may have been the biggest obstacle of all. She wanted more for her daughter than her daughter wanted for herself. There's no mention of her daughter being there, which means the mother must have come on her own. And I reckon that that as she came there um, to ask Jesus on her behalf, the daughter was demon-possessed, and I guess that that means she must have been in a bad place, and realistically, she probably didn't want or even realize that she needed help. But her mother did, and so she went and asked for it on behalf of her daughter. How many of us can relate to this woman? What obstacles do we face when it comes to our children or people that we love? We see someone when we know that they're in trouble, or maybe not in trouble, but the life path that they have chosen is so much less than what it could be. When we love someone, we want the best for them. That's the mark of love and the mark of true friendship. So when they're in trouble, we equally want to help, but sometimes there's a limit to what we can do, isn't there? Sometimes they've got to sort it out for themselves. Sometimes the only thing we can do is pray for them. So this is what this woman is doing here. I know that the literal thing is she's talking to Jesus, but in essence, she's praying. She's asking for God's help. There are all sorts of reasons that drove this mother to cross these barriers and get to Jesus. But I think the main ones were firstly that she was desperate. She was at the end of her hoarded resources. Now she would seek help from Jesus regardless of the cost. Secondly, she was driven by love. Love for her child. Love made her accept Jesus' silence and yet it appealed and yet still appealed to him. And love made her suffer apparent rebuffs from the the disciples. And thirdly, she was driven by a vision. She saw in Jesus a compassion that would not turn her away. She believed in his ability and willingness to help. The measure of our faith is conditioned by what we see in Jesus. It was enough for her to cross great barriers. What about your faith? The second thing that this mother did to elicit such praise from Jesus was that she persisted. You know, last year on Guy Fawkes Night or Bonfires Night, whatever you like to call it, the school were offering a special school meal to mark the day. It was only hot dogs, but nevertheless, I put the girl's name down for them to have the meal and I paid for it. At the end of the day, when Rosie came out of school, she was 
incensed because there were no hot dogs left when she went for lunch. Instead, she had to have a boring baked potato. Well, I could understand her annoyance. I was annoyed too. I paid for her to have that hot dog, and what's worse, we were having baked potatoes for tea. I was ready to go to that head teacher and express my annoyance. And then I just stopped and thought it through and said to myself, out loud, I may add, Claire, it's just a hot dog. In other words, it's just not worth persisting with. In life, you do need to often work out what are the things that are worth persisting with. The hot dogs weren't. So if you hear me saying that to myself, you know I'm telling myself to just leave it. But for this mother, her daughter's well-being was worth persisting with. The woman came first, the first time and Jesus didn't respond. Well, what do you do with that? She asked for help. Not just asked for help, but she cried out, Jesus, please help my daughter. Jesus, I need you. Her crying was probably drawing attention to herself, but she didn't care. She wanted help. This was her opportunity. She took it, and Jesus didn't even respond. Ever feel like you're there with her? (laughs) You're desperate, you ask for help, and God doesn't seem to answer. Well, that's just what happened that first time. So she came the second time to the disciples, and their response was to ask Jesus to send her away. They didn't see a mother in need. They didn't see the hurt and the desperation. All they knew was that she was annoying and they wanted her to leave. Notice they didn't say to the Lord, Lord, heal heal her daughter so that she'll stop. They said, send her away for she keeps crying out to us. Somehow, I don't think this was the response she was looking for either. But not only that, we see a distinct lack of compassion by the disciples. They didn't relate to her. They didn't empathize with her. They just wanted her to go. May that never be our response, by the way, where we see the needs of hurting people, when we see the opportunity to help them, and we say, Lord, send them away for they keep, for they keep crying out to us. Anyway, Jesus' response here was, um, to the disciples was a matter of priorities, not a rejection of our plea. Notice what he says, verse 24. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus had a mission. He knew what it was, and he was trying his best to stick to that mission. His mission was that he was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. That's what he said. Jesus knew that he, has to, he was supposed to share the good news with them first. It was Israel, the whole nation. He understood what his first priority was, and he was acting on it. It's not that he was rejecting this woman, but he had withdrawn so that he could rest and go back to the people he had been called to reach first. He was not rejecting her plea. He was simply stating what his priorities were. But notice, he didn't say no. He didn't respond at first. And we take that as rejection, just as we can do in our own prayer life when we don't get an answer. We feel like God is ignoring us. And here is an important truth in life. We view the reactions and words of others through the lens of our own perception and experiences. When we read this passage, if we think that Jesus is saying no at the beginning, we are just reading that into it. Jesus doesn't say no anywhere in this story. He, does, he just doesn't answer. 
And there's a big difference. That difference can be summed up in one word, persistence. God wants us to be persistent in our prayer. It reminds me of when I was a child and I wanted something so desperately from my parents that I would keep going on and on and on about it until they finally came around. And I find that my girls are doing that to me now. And so it is with our prayers. God can help us and does answer prayers, but we must be persistent with them. I wonder at this point in the story how many of us would just have given up. But this mother doesn't. She just keeps on going. This mother refused to be put off or intimidated. She was not going to take criticism or silence as an answer. A teenager had decided to quit high school, saying he was just fed up with it. His father was trying to convince him to stay with it. Son, he said, you can't just quit. All people who are remembered in history didn't quit. Abraham Lincoln didn't quit. Thomas Edison didn't quit. Walt Disney didn't quit. Elmore Kringle didn't quit. Who? The son burst in. Who who is Elmore Kringle? See, the father said, you don't remember him because actually he did quit. The mother didn't quit. She persisted in crying out to the Lord for help. Those times when you pray and you don't hear an answer, remember the woman and her persistence. The silence of God is not a no. In this case, it was just keep praying, keep asking, be persistent. And the third quality of this mother that caused Jesus to praise her was that she made no claim. She relied, she relied on the grace of Jesus. Here Jesus has seemingly ignored her. His disciples had rejected her, and yet, rather than getting angry or indignant, she showed great humility by calling him Lord and kneeling. Some people may wonder at her reaction. Some people may think that she should have been upset, but she wasn't. I think it's because this Canaanite woman got a concept that we often overlook. It's simply this. God is God. He doesn't have to answer us. He doesn't have to help us. He does it because of his love, his grace, and his mercy for us. He doesn't owe us. We owed him. But he paid the price for us so that we could come to him. So the mother knelt and asked him for help and looked look at the response in verse 26. He replied, It's not right. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their god, their dogs. Okay, let's be honest, how many of us would be offended by being compared to a dog? (laughs) There are two suggestions here. One is that some commentaries note that this referred to the love of small domesticated dogs that were allowed in the house. The other suggestion is that in this culture, given the relationship between the Jews and the Canaanites, this was not an unusual comparison. It was one that both races made back and forth to each other. So while we may have been offended, she doesn't seem to have been. Look at her, the wisdom of her response in verse 27. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She didn't object. Instead, she then acknowledged his greatness and basically said, I admit that I have no claim on you, but there must be some extra grace, some grace that I don't deserve, and I'm appealing to you for that. No wonder Jesus then replied, woman, you have great faith. No wonder from that moment her daughter was made whole. 
This mother possessed great faith because she won over her difficulties. This mother was a triumph of faith. She came to the right person in a right spirit with a right plea. Christ tried her faith by perfect silence, by seeming indifferent, by apparent reproach. She was a devout supplicant, an earnest supplicant, an ingenious supplicant. Christ commends her faith. He grants her requests. He healed her daughter. What a triumph of faith. I don't know about you, but I want to have a legacy of faith like this mother. She came to the Lord with an open heart that was fully surrendering to his ability to heal her daughter. There was no hesitation in her pleading and response to Jesus. She knew and believed that he had the power to do great works. That great chapter of faith, Hebrews 11, says in verse 6, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. What's your faith like? Can Jesus describe you with those four words, you have great faith? Well, there's an opportunity now for you to reflect on that as Megan, Lauren and Deetzi sing to us a beautiful song that was written by Matt Spencer for our session right at the beginning of our time together in college when we began to grapple with some of the biblical and theological issues which turned what we thought we knew upside down and how we worked out how our faith fitted in with that. Well, how does your faith fit into your life at the moment? Let's listen to this song and see what God has to say to us through it. By faith I know your word brought forth creation And the universe was formed at your command So by faith I'll follow you Into the world that you have made For I know you hold the future in your hand I have faith Mountain moving faith God believing faith that you Bye. 
So let me pray with you. Lord, give us faith to cling to everything you say, everything you promise, everything you are. Give us faith to wait and see how your plan unfolds for us. Give us faith to trust in you and to have a faith that just doesn't give up, even when the answers don't seem to be going our way. Lord, thank you for the people in our lives who have been great influences and examples of faith and have nurtured us us on our faith journey, our families, our friends, our church family. Help us to be people of great faith. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.